Welcome to Film Frequency, the fortnightly film podcast hosted by Mark Whiteside, Ross Cairndove and myself, Corey McKinney, where we unpack our thoughts on the cinematic landscape of motion picture entertainment. From indie flicks to blockbuster, international cinema to animation, we leave no genre untouched as we analyse what we love about storytelling on the big and small screen. Welcome back to another episode of the Film Frequency podcast. Uh, today we're joined with two special guests, not just one, but two. Uh, we've got Rob here. Um, hi, Rob. Hey, how you doing? And um, we've also got Sivan here. Hey, hi, Ron. Sivan. Hey, Ron. Hey, Mark. Um, so in today's podcast, we're going to discuss, uh, we've all just watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League that's come out. And from that, we're also going to discuss a bit about the future uh, of the DCU, what films they've got coming up what they've done before and kind of what we think's uh, the best move moving forward. So um, before we launch into uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and what we all thought about it, because I, I believe we have differing opinions here. Um, I think we'll just go around and just quickly state uh, who your favorite or what your favorite DCU movie has been to date. Um, and that'll give uh, just a bit of a feel for what your preferences are um i've decided to exclude joker in this list because i feel like that's going to be that's arguable if it's in the dcu and then also i feel like everyone's unanimous in the fact that it's probably the best of the lot <laughs> so um right we'll go around in a circle then so um cory do you want to start what's your favorite dcu movie um my favorite one would have to be shazam which is kind of somewhat outside of the that kind of mean justice league you know very good show. Very good show. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of Zachary Levi ever since his days when he was in the TV show Chuck. Um, I give it an 8 out of 10. It's pretty highly rated um, on IMDb. It also has that kid who's in, I think he's in the It film as well. I'm not quite sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, it was definitely the funniest out of all the... Uh, DCEU films, and I'm looking forward to see what they do with uh, Black Adam and stuff, because I'm a big fan of The Rock. I think he's good. And... So yeah, I would say Shazam. Yeah, that's one I haven't actually watched. That's the only one, I think. I know maybe one of the few that I haven't watched, but um, I'd like to get around to it, because I heard good stuff about it. And as we'll see later on, it's one of the ones, the areas that I think uh, Warner Brothers are kind of going in that direction after, mm-hmm. or in the future. It definitely um, felt like one of the more lighthearted um dcu films in comparison to the other ones it's my least favorite of all the dcu i'm actually not a fan of of that one either i was really bored while watching yeah you know i just i just thought it was just a ripoff of the what uh the uh, marvel people are doing it so they just said like yeah yep right yeah that's what we're doing and that's what we're gonna do and that's what they did actually that's probably why i like it (laughs) it's like the marvel (laughs) (laughs) yeah true um okay rob uh what's your favorite um, oh that's a that's a real tough one because so many of them are so bad but i'll have to go (laughs) i'll have to go with i don't know i honestly just thinking back on it now it's either probably wonder woman but i'm not a big fan of that one either i just appreciate that they try to like pretty much do a call back to the christopher reeve superman from uh, the late seventies and everything, I thought that was really interesting. But I would say, I think 
one of the films that kept me the most engaged was probably Man of Steel, but the ending of it is so ridiculous and so <laughs> over the top and violent and just, it's just noise essentially that it kind of checks me out. I remember being incredibly sleepy during that ending because it was just bombardment of sound and noise and nothing particularly interesting. But I would say, you know, the start of that film, um, you know, it's an engaging idea to have a more realistic, grounded Superman. So I, I appreciate it for that reason. Nice. Um, and Sivan, what about you? Uh, so uh, hands down, it's Man of Steel for me. I think like, you know, like as the movie was being made, the hype surrounding it and the people involved in it. So I, 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 I think I have, I think Christopher Nolan once said he didn't want to direct Man of Steel only because of there was too much uh, CG involved in the film. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he would have directed the film. And he was also involved as a producer. And he, I think he had like, an, he didn't have a writing credit, but he had some in, inputs because it was his idea and Chris Terrio's idea, which which they made it into Man of Steel. It was Christopher Nolan's. I think, Nolan's I, and I think you mean David Goyer. Oh, Goyer, oh, sorry. I, I always get confused between Chris Terry and David Goyer. So it's there. It's basically their idea what they want to do. And for me, like, uh, uh, Henry Cavill is like the perfect Superman. I mean, like, uh, and even though, like, how they approach the story and, like, uh, so, I mean, I have to say because, uh, say this because I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan. So that goes without saying. So when he was also involved in the film, like, I was really good at it. I think I watched it in the theater, like, when it, and the day it released and it was like, it blew me away, like, everything. Uh, mainly because, uh, as, uh, I mean, like, people have the issues with the final uh, climax with because of the destruction and everything, all and everything. I think somehow, like, I would say that that movie connected with me so much. It's because, um, I mean, I don't know. I cannot explain it. The background score is like epic in the film. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, the score is solid. Yeah, one of his, yeah, yeah. One of his best work. Contracts of the DCEU. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, like, I uh, really like the way they went about Zod as well. Like, how the back, like, how his motivations and stuff. It's like he's literally made for one purpose and Superman takes away that purpose from him. So, I, I really understand why Superman snaps his neck. At the end, it's like, I mean, like everything was, I didn't feel nothing was out of place. Even uh, the way they went about with Kent, uh, Papa Kent, not wanting Superman to be a superhero and everything. So it was all perfect for me. I would I, I would still say that that's the best DCEU movie until I watched uh, Justice League. Okay. Um, that's good. So far, we've got quite a bit of variety in our favorites. And then Ross, what about yours? Um, Aquaman. Hands down, Aquaman. Um, I know that's a shock horror for the people who know that I'm a marine biologist by trade, that I chose the fish one. Uh, but I absolutely love that movie. Me and you, I think, went. that's another one. I think that's where we started our like New Year's tradition of going to the cinema because we went to see that a couple of years ago in yeah. the cinema on New Year, or around New Year's. Um, just It's just fun. Like I think that's what I find. I think the problem is an awful lot of these movies, they're either too serious or do you know what I mean there's not that right mix whereas I think Aquaman it's just like I had an awful lot of fun with Aquaman 
um, the battle at the end makes my eyes physically hurt from the amount of stuff <laughs> that's happening on the screen. Um, yeah, and like, of course, the acting's awful, but like, nobody goes to these things to have like a terrific cinematic experience in terms yeah. of acting. Like, and, and but, I imagine like, it was I mean, like an out of the world experience. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful CGI. The world building, I think, that they've started to introduce in that movie was really, really good with the different. The seven different, um, well, I guess there was only six or whatever, but the different um, sort of regions and kingdoms of under the sea and how they differed. Um, I know that that's leading to like, I guess there's a spin-off all about the trench that's supposed to be yeah, coming yeah. out at some point. Um, Jason Momoa as well. Just I think he's an awful lot of fun. Um, the man kind of hurts to look at. He's beautiful. But I'm just, I love that movie so much. I think it's good fun. Uh, to be fair, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, out of all of them, that's the one I had the most fun with. Yeah, I would also mention Aquaman and Wonder Woman as my honorable mentions. I mean, like Wonder Woman, I really enjoyed it. But I, I, I mean, like, I think I, they that's where they, I mean, even though it was Zack Snyder's story and everything, I think uh, there were, I think some something was bit off for me in the final part of the film. But Aquaman, I really enjoyed. It was just fun, plain fun. Because as I said to you, Mark, and when I was growing up as a child reading Aquaman comics, you would never expect to see what the character was in the comics as like what you saw on the screen. It's like yeah. it was totally different. And you like you had a you when I was young, I would never would have thought there were there was going to be a movie with Aquaman as a lead and Jason Momoa was like a guy like Jason Momoa was going to be playing yeah. the character. So for that reason alone, like, like Aquaman and when I watched the movie and I enjoyed it, that's why I really enjoyed the Aquaman as well. Yeah, I agree with um, you know, with Aquaman, it's the first superhero that we've seen underwater in a you know in the ocean and kind of bringing. And it's just done so well. Like they don't, like you're like there was definitely points whenever I sort of was watching it and like in when as he appears in certainly not so much the Zack Snyder version of this, but certainly the Joss Whedon version of this, it looks a bit like off. Because I think that came out, the first Justice League came out, I could swear, before Aquaman did. And it all looks a wee bit weird when it's underwater. It's not 100%, but they've sort of nailed it, I think, for by the time they get to um, the actual Aquaman movie itself. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. we'll definitely talk about that. Actually, I've got a point about that, about um, watching uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. For me, I was like, does Aquaman get on like that in Aquaman? And does Under the Ocean look like that? So, yeah, we'll discuss that in a second. Um, so, I, as far as my favourite, I'm I'm really stuck, to be honest. I don't really like a lot of these films, as Rolf was saying. Um, and surprisingly, before you said these all, uh, like your own choices, I was going to pick Birds of Prey. Um, I don't think it's actually as bad as a lot of people say. Um, but I also don't think it's great either. Um, however, after you saying about um, uh, Man of Steel, I'd like to go back and revisit that. I feel like the first time I watched that, I was coming off the height of the Dark Knight trilogy, and I think everyone else was, mm-hmm. and seeing Christopher Nolan's name attached to this. So the hype was massive going into Superman, and then the, I remember the, the trailer was amazing with the Hans Zimmer score. So I feel like because of that, I think I, you know, it left a bad taste in my mouth, but looking back on it, I think it might be a bit different. But... We'll see. Rewatchability. Um, okay, so um, let's talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, first of all, what did you think about it compared to Justice League, the very first 
uh, release of Justice League, which Joss Whedon directed. Did you think it was better? Did you think it was worse? What differences did you think were big, you know, changes? Did you think he changed much? It is a totally different film, miles, miles better. And it had a, a consistent tone as well. And I didn't feel like a Frankenstein's monster. Like, like I think like people have used that term for the movie like so much time. It's like the old one. I mean, I remember watching it in theater because we knew before going into the cinema as well, like all these things has happened and everything is messed up. But you wouldn't have expected such a bad movie of the 2017 release i remember watching it in the theater and the dialogues were so cringy and like the re- you can see where which were reshot and which were not which were, were you which they used uh, zack snyder's version because you can see ben affleck being slim and fat in the same time in a sense <laughs> he was very bloated yeah <laughs> reshoots and uh, all the reshoots with uh, the flash's character the dialogues were so cringy and like the pet cemetery dialogues I think it was awful, and and I, yeah. I mean, I, a lot of people like it. I don't know because I hated it watching in the theater as well. Even the scene which like uh, you know Aquaman sits on the lasso. I mean, if it was in any other film, I would have liked it, but I did not fit well in that kind of movie at all. I hated it as well. So it was like I I remember coming out of the theater and thinking like I I mean like I felt so cheated, like I because I was so pumped up for like because this is the first live action live action Justice League film. in my lifetime I was so pumped up and everything and i was so disappointed i i remember walking with my friend and not talking for a while at all that was <laughs> much a disappointment and i immediately i remember because uh, i watched on the second day and the second day itself the, the i remember the change.org petition started going around asking for uh, the zack snyder's release and i remember signing it when there was like 7000 signature on that uh changed uh, the for petition and i was one of the first people to I, so that i was like ask for the release this time snyder cut thing nice. yeah for sure <laughs> like i think the this version is significantly better than the uh joss whedon version just almost on every level the characterization is actually there plus they've had 4 hours to actually develop that characterization so that's definitely um in favor of this movie whereas the original it was just yeah i mean you didn't even feel the stakes when it came to the characters at all like this time around you completely you feel for somebody like the cyborg uh like cyborg or yeah. for uh and his losses and you realize that oh people in this movie can actually die that are pretty pr- uh much like primary characters like uh, victor's father and stuff like that as well as uh just some great action scenes as well um the whole action scene that took place on Wonder Woman's island early on in the movie i thought that was a great so did i i really um, but great sequence like that was just it, it's well choreographed there's something completely missing from the um original movie and yeah it's it's a significantly better more consistent movie even tonally and it's definitely probably one of the better dceu movies as well i would say maybe it is one of the best ones um maybe yeah definitely in the top 3 and um, the uh, villain you have to talk about the villain the old one like used to come around saying like mother why are you like those kind of dialogues i was like beating myself as i was watching it in the theater mm-hmm. and like steppenwolf is like much more like the steppenwolf from the comics 
and much more menacing in this film as well. Do you know, I find the CGI with Steppenwolf was very good. I was quite impressed with it. Not so, so impressed with Darkseid, but I like Steppenwolf. I thought they'd done quite a good job with the CGI. Uh, yeah. Ross, what did you think about? It's, it's far better than what it was. I think an awful lot for me personally, and all of the fundamental problems I had with the first one, they still remain. But I think that it was all around a far better story. Um, you can really understand why Ray Fisher was so pissed off and came out with that whole sort of hatred campaign for Warner Brothers when you see, compare this version of it to what he originally, to what there was in the original movie. He's barely in that first one, Cyborg's like just sort of a passing footnote almost, whereas he's integral to the plot throughout this one. So you can completely understand why, like if he thought this was his big break and the amount he got cut down in the first one, I can understand why he has an awful lot of grudges. I like the fact that a lot less of the a lot of the cringy dialogue was taken out, like, and that's very evident that that is um, Whedon sort of like. And I look, I love an awful lot of Joss Whedon stuff, but for this, I think an awful lot of it just was a bit weird. Like that whole there's that bit when Flash falls on Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's yeah. a bit whenever, like you said, whenever um, Aquaman sits on her like the lasso of truth. Like, there's an awful lot of bits and pieces like that. Um, I, I, I like the fact that I also just generally think there's something really nice about the fact this was allowed to be made. Um, the fact that, like, a creator of something was able to actually have their original view, original vision put to the general public. I just thought that was really lovely. And I hope that's something that we maybe get a bit more of in the future because we're all used to the um, like director's cut DVDs and stuff like that. But the fact that someone's got like all this extra money and has been able to go out and make like a full, like, I guess if I don't know if this would ever have been theatrical, but still like being able to put this out across. Mm-hmm. Um, On that note of it being impressive that something like this was able to be released, a second version uh, of the film, which was like twice the length as the first one. And it was with a different director. Um, Do you see this happening again? Is there any film in particular that you'd like this this was a very charged campaign by the fans i don't i don't mm-hmm. see any any other films receiving this kind of this this much of attention i mean like people are asking for the david Ayer uh, cut of the david Ayer is asking for the suicide yeah, squad he, i mean cut. i think it's just nobody him. else is yeah, asking yeah, it's just him asking for the cut <laughs> even i even i am not interested in watching that cut of david Ayer's suicide squad as well i don't know why like i i i think uh, even his cut would have been like a very bad film Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah, I sure. Hated, I, I hated Leto's Joker. Oh, oh yeah. Even in this, Leto's Joker is. Oh, like, don't we're gonna that, get we're gonna get on that. Scene. Jesus but, Christ! But I I agree. This definitely had a such a huge campaign behind it that you kind of need the other films that, um, if they do release a director's cut, a complete vision of the director's. Um, you know, initial idea for the the project, they need that huge campaign. But also at the same uh, time, uh, Snyder had so much additional footage that this really did feel like a significantly different film. Whereas with other projects, you may only have a few minutes of cut footage and, you know, you can really, even if you have half an hour of additional footage, it doesn't necessarily mean it would be a significantly different movie so yeah. i think that kind of worked in snyder's favor 
yeah the uh, um, point to mention is like uh, can we go into spoilers like yeah it's like spoiler it's not it's done it's not so yeah so uh, actually the only things neither reshot in this entire film were the the bit with uh, joke jared little joker and the, this thing and a couple of scenes with uh, uh, the martian man and the scene because uh, the I, the original shots were actually with the greenlandin all those shots but he had to replace them with man martian manhunter because the studio didn't want him to put green lantern at all so that was their only this thing so he had to reshoot them with martian manhunter would it have uh, been those if it was going to be sorry? if it was going to be green lantern who would it have been what yeah after? like uh, uh, people are asking zack snyder to say it because he's not saying who he casted and who he shot it with but it was a black actor so they 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 were introducing john stewart as the greenland yeah i was going to say john stewart yeah so he actually shot it he had the he has the footage but the studio said you're not going to do greenland so he had to replace it with martian manhunter so those two scenes and the final like the nightmare sequence were the only ones which he reshot other things were like incomplete cgi cg work so that's where the majority of the money went to completing the cg Right, I see. Yeah, the CG I think was. I'm I'm still not a big fan of the Zack Snyder style. Um, like I get that it's you know it's like a bit like a gothic co- or like a yeah like a gothic comic book strip that he's going for with his style. And I think parts of his st- like uh, the slow mo stuff. Most of the slow mo stuff is good, apart from when he was doing. I think there was a slow mo of a sesame seed. On a sesame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that. <laughs> Maybe you know, pull it back a little bit with the slow mo, but most of it was really good. I thought. I think the styles. It's just not my type of style. It, it kind of throws you. I quite like my superhero films to be quite grounded, and it throws you way off as far as being grounded. Certainly, um, but I understand he was going for that, and some people like that. Um, and the CGI, I don't know if anyone spotted. I find the CGI underwater in all the Aquaman stuff was terrible. I don't know what was going on. He's going for like a really murky look. The Aquaman sections in general are very sort of disjointed. Like they don't fit with at the... all. Like Amber Heard is doing this weird British accent, <laughs> which she doesn't have in the other movie. Mm. At one point, mm. she turns around and says, "Like my mother and father were killed when I was an orphan." Yet in the movie, her dad's like one of the kings of the yeah, sea. Dolph, like, Dolph Dolph London whole... plays her father. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of. I think that's probably better just like sort of left aside that we don't really think too much about those sections. Um, like that whole we- the bit that I find was an interesting addition was whenever Jason Momoa walks back into the sea and then they have like all those I guess Icelandic people like singing that song to him as he goes back into the water. I was like, okay, like <laughs> there's certain I think I definitely think and I know that it's been talked about that we're probably going to get now is a lot of like fans doing like fan edits of this where like they're going to cut down different bits and pieces and maybe stitch and stuff from the original and I think there is among the two versions of the movie I think there's a really good movie in here that could be like made this actually watchable and like yeah like we're we're going to talk about it like it's four it's nearly four hours long like that's I'm sorry like yes as a one-off that's kind of cool and it's nice and I think it's better to be you could view it and I like the way they sort of segmented into the different chapters I love that because you could this fits more in my head as like a mini series that you would have in that respect um but like god sitting through four hours of that was a bit of a slog yeah I, I didn't watch I didn't watch it in one go it took me I think three or three or four sittings 
No, I think I, I actually wish I had watched it in six parts. I think it would have worked a lot better that way. As you said, yeah. it works. But then you're never going to get a miniseries at this kind of budget. You know, I think this you're right. Yeah. This is kind of a one-off. Um, but I really liked, I know, Mark, you said about the, the color and stuff. And I think it works quite well because it fits now with Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel. And, you know, you watch all them together. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Marvel films and they are all generally pretty bright. But... Compared, comparing this to the original Justice League, it's just night and day different in terms of the grading and stuff. I thought it was pretty well done. I don't like so. It looks. I think I enjoyed it a lot better on a on a smaller screen. And we watched it in four K um, HDR, and I thought it was pretty crisp. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they were especially since it is one full length movie. You kind of. That, you know, full four hours, you want to take that break and you just don't know where to take it. So they kind of set up that intermission, I guess, of just having chapter titles. And then, you know, okay, I'll go, you know, have some dinner and come back or whatever. Uh, interesting um, fact, uh, his original, like he, when he wanted to do the film, he wanted to do it in three chapters as well. Like even in the film, it's gonna, mm. it was going to be in three, three individual chapters. I mean, like he used, he was going to put in that the black screen and put the uh, chapter. You think about the chapters. You think the chapters were useful. So addition. he technically had yeah. a two-hour, forty-minute cut version, which mm-hmm. he showed to the studio for the first time, which was which they shot down basically. Yeah, I think, I think the film kind of does need those three hours or so to kind of make it a a film that kind of works, um, and so. Yeah, I mean, the if we discount the the epilogue, you kind of do get a three hour and uh, three and a half hour movie, and I think it's fine in that regard. Honestly, I didn't have a, any issue with the pacing or yeah. anything like that. No. So that was the really surprising thing for me because uh, I I don't think so. All all of you did a single sitting because I did a single sitting. I I watched it like the entire thing, and I when I, the first time I lifted my watch. To see what it was, to was just to check like, oh my god, I have not checked my watch at all. I I want to see how much of the movie has progressed. It was like I didn't even notice the pacing pacing issue at all. So, uh, maybe maybe it was because I was really like waiting for this movie and I didn't want to miss any of it. I don't know it was because of that or not because it took me like at least four chapters to realize that I have not checked my watch to see how long the movie has progressed. Mm-hmm. So so do you guys think that this is an you know, because every, all of us were more or less familiar with these characters. And so we're, we have some level of investment in terms of watching this. But if somebody's completely has no clue about these characters or at all or doesn't have much interest, do you think that you would recommend this particular movie to them? Because for me, I don't think I would. No, I don't think so. I think especially at that length, like a, a normal um, cinema viewer doing a mini movie goers just kind of look at that and be like I'm not going to sit for four hours to sit and watch that now if it was a mini series maybe and you could actually sort of say like here are distinct cuts um, but like I think this is this is for the fans and I guess like that's what this was always supposed to be um, yeah no I I couldn't see anybody else watching this I, I guess so, because even if you think of Marvel films, for example, right, like even if you have an Avengers movie or whatever, it's not like the people that go to see that they have seen all of the prior ones, you know, they kind of structure in a way 
that makes it accessible to general audiences who haven't seen all of the previous stuff. And I feel like these movies, they don't necessarily do that. So, I mean, yeah, the, that's completely true because I mean, the part of the failure for the 2017 version, like why the movie failed so badly was because Marvel went the route of like set, set, setting up individual films and going for the team up. And here they just thought like, let's let's all put them together in a single movie, like at once and and show them, show them everything in two hours. I mean, that's where it all backfired. That was the way ba- I would say the basic thinking that Warner Brothers should have avoided at first. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like you don't even for the Marvel stuff, like it, the big team ups and stuff, you don't necessarily need to have seen all of the previous ones. They just kind of, through their scripts, they kind of shape it in a way that makes it accessible to general viewers. And I feel like the DC movies, they kind of miss the mark, at least with this movie and trying to set something up like that. But for me, I, I've seen all the previous ones, so that doesn't affect my experience, but I can see it being, you know, this would be a real slog if somebody was forced to watch this who had no previous understanding of the movies. Corey, didn't you say about um, some prior knowledge to Batman versus Superman is quite useful for to watch this film? And I, I kind of find the same yeah. thing when I was watching it. There was a few things where I was like, what happened at the end of that? Yeah, you yeah. definitely need Man of Steel, uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman to watch this film. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I've seen both of those films before and I was still like, wait, what happened at the end of Batman vs Superman? You know, just forgetting little things. So yeah, definitely, I would 100% anyone setting out to watch this cut, I would recommend watching the other ones beforehand. 100%. Also, with the plot with this, I had a lot of issues with the plot. I find the plot, first of all, the overall arching plot about these mother boxes that they certainly said enough times in the film. Um, it, w- it was quite conventional and I was like okay I can get over that but even some of the stuff like there was a scene where they talked about Batman coming back to life and about Superman coming down, back. sorry Superman not Batman and it was about burning a house down and it was to do with the energy in the mother box and they were like um, well if you can turn the energy from one way to another then you can just resurrect Superman and it, uh, it was yeah. just really, really <laughs> clunky stuff. Like there was a lot of plot stuff where I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. For sure. There's there's long conversations about some pseudoscience that we're supposed to somehow understand. And I was like, that's why I'm kind of checking out a little bit. No, those are really valid points because see if you had like uh, any other film where like an individual film with a, like Cyborg or something, they would have had the opportunities to set up the mother boxes to explain like here, here, because they had limited time, it's going to be exposition and they have to do it within like a scene in a scene to like get through the next scene. Like it has to be an exposition. It has to be in a single scene and it has to be like somebody explaining it. Like it must be like a history lesson. So that's, that's what uh, I think they made a mistake because all these things were not set up earlier. So they had to set it up in this film. They had to have a team up. They had to have a big, more, like a big villain. Yeah. So it's all like, that's why the uh, four hours really works for this cut. Because at least even though you don't uh, generally like realize what's happened, like it's not, they don't explain it very much, but at least all these are given like a certain bit of time in the, that's again, 
mean uh, so they had lot of stuff to do in one single film that's what was the yeah, problem with uh, i would imagine it was even more like wait where how's this happening where's this going when you watch cuz i haven't watched the original justice league so it's quite interesting to come into this having not seen the first one um and i i i have probably quite a negative attitude on this one and i think if i had to watch the first one it sounds quite a bit more hectic and just kind of messy um, I think I'd probably prefer this one more than I have. Um, one of the other problems I had with the film was I found The Flash, everything he said was just really, like, obviously they were like, this is our comic relief character. Everything he's going to say <laughs> is going to be forced humour of he's, all sorts. He's admittedly less annoying in this one than he was in the 2017 version, but he's still a bit, like, he keeps tripping over. You would absolutely hate the... <laughs> Yeah, but one. equally, I, I like it because I guess the next one, the next big movie that's supposed to be coming out of the DCEU is the Flashpoint movie. And that's a really interesting sort of run in the comics as well. So I'm hoping that he can be sort of expanded and maybe a little bit more even to him because you're right, just in this, I just find him annoying. And like, he kept, he always kept tripping up as well. And I was like, because I don't know about you, but, but like for me, <laughs> like the Justice League for me all came from the cartoon that we got like back in the early 2000s that was like my absolute that was why i was so excited for this movie when it came out and like he just seemed to, he's funny in that but he's an awful lot more confident than he is in this and this he just like trips up like every five minutes like oh i'm a clot and it's just like yeah yeah for sure i to- i totally agree with you like they kind of amp that element of that comedy relief element of that character up a little too much and it ended up not even being funny it just was kind of annoying a lot of the times they, they they rely they're like oh yeah because he has a super speed he has you know all these quirks and um he's such a fast talker and everything but it got a little bit ridiculous they should really tone that down for maybe uh, the individual movie no i remember reading i remember there's one part i was reading about him and there's that bit whenever they're fighting in the serve system and Wonder Woman's like falling through the air with her, so- like the sword. And then he does like that running thing where he tries to like push the sword back up to her. And like somebody's just like, she's falling towards a platform. She literally lands on the platform like as soon as that happens. So like there's nothing different from like the sword landing and her just stepping down and picking it up. But it's like, oh, how do we like add this cool scene with him like running in it? It doesn't make any sense. But um, I think the other problem as well is this all sort of comes on the heels of what I would say is probably one of the definitive like sort of speed human sort of scenes, which is in Days of Future Past with Quicksilver. So I guess they're trying to like, how do we make this different and unique enough from what they did there? And I think they did like a good job with like sort of the lightning and all that sort of stuff. But so I have a question, like uh, how much of all of you like have like been invested in DC comics? Like, know the history behind all characters and like read a lot of comics and everything i definitely haven't i just would follow a lot of the movies and read some of like the classic stuff like dark knight returns and stuff like that so yeah that's that's why because like i would say this is like the best like interpretation of flash's powers i mean not about the character i'm saying like how the power how his powers are represented on screen and everything because um I mean, they tried it in the TV series, which which is because it's they don't have a limited budget. They couldn't like do it much. But I would say like this is like the best interpretation mm-hmm. I've seen of Flash's powers, actually. 
Yeah, I, I can totally get that because the lightning effects were very cool. Um, and the ending was a really good use of that power. Yeah. Whereas other characters, they, they didn't have particularly interesting uh, uses of their powers at the end. Like, for example, my complaint at the Joss Whedon version was that Aquaman really was just throwing his little trident <laughs> around. It has nothing to do with water at all at the end, which is like, why wouldn't you at least implement water to some degree? Aquaman was very like he has to be outside because when all the other crazy stuff's going on inside, like Batman's just a human at the end of the day, this is way beyond his powers. Oh man, oh man, that's the thing, main thing. Uh, I mean, like if you see the 2017 version, Batman just stands in a place and shoots guns, shoots shoots people. Like I, I was so annoyed, like thinking like, what the fuck, Batman is like the most mobile character in ever. Like, I mean, like he moves around a lot. He uses his gadgets and everything. You actually see that in this film and these uh, 2017 films, he stands in a place, gets a gun and shoots people. That's it. That's he, that's what he does the entire film. I was like, thinking, like what the fuck? Whoa. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I mean, I would really say Zack Snyder really knows how to do action. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the action in this film Definitely. Really, really... What did you think? the fact that this was obviously a lot more I guess sort of R-rated with some of the stuff that they were doing like there's the bit at this like that whole scene at the start mark is in the original one so the bit when Wonder Woman like goes into the bank and tries to stop the terrorists from blowing it up that's all in there but it's like so much more hardcore this time like she picks somebody up and throws him against the wall and like his brain like left on the wall and stuff and then there's that bit you were saying about with um, Aquaman at the end where he like fucking skewers Steppenwolf yeah, yeah, on his I on his like that. I was like, that's the most, that's the most like metal thing ever. Whereas like I think that's like a really nice addition to it. I think it's just that was just kind in the of Justice fun. League version. Do they really have Wonder that. Woman coming down with her sword and then beheading him and then kicking him through? No, 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 no. Like, that's, that's an all. No, that's that's all the hardcore shit. That's from that's from Snyder completely. completely. <laughs> yeah, there's that bit where Mira tries to like take the yeah. out of Steppenwolf. That was fun. That was really hardcore. His blood yeah, stuff was coming out of it. Was wild. Um, did we have any? Um, what, what sort of setup? Um, what did we think of the setup towards the end of the film? So how it kind of wrapped up and kind of like um, influenced different uh, future films. See, just with this, I think it's just sad because I don't think I don't know. And Zack Snyder not turned around and said that he's not going to do anything else with this now. Like, this was sort of one and done for him. Like, at least that's what I read before this came out. He may change his mind that somebody comes back to him with a nice check with a couple of extra zeros on the end of it. Um, but for me, I'd love, I'd, there's certainly, like, again, sort of whenever the Martian Manhunter came into it, that as a fan of the original cartoon, that really excited me to see stuff like that. The fact that it could have even been John Stewart, which was like, is my Green Lantern? That was yeah. super exciting as well. So, like, it'd be nice if they did stuff with this, but I, apparently it's not canon. It's not canon within the DCEU either. So it's like, I don't know. It felt a little bit pointless to me. I mean, it like, just... they just wanted people to sign up to for the HBO Max thing. I mean, that's that was their single purpose goal for Warner Brothers to do this. They wanted subscribers, fast subscribers, and this was like the easiest way for them. 70 million is nothing compared to what they're getting back from because of this. 
because I, I heard like people are average, like people like there's people are averaging about three hours on this film. Mm-hmm. Or like so, it's like that's like a lot of subscribers for them and a lot of view time for them as well. Yeah. Also, with a film so, like this, it's so with the HBO Max, anyone who's going to illegally stream films, you know, I certainly from my point of view, it would be more influential uh, for films that are like dramas or. Uh, I mean, uh, right now all this. All the Warner Brothers film releasing this year are on director HBO Max, right? So it's yeah. like it makes sense. And the big blockbusters, you're you're not gonna try and illegally stream. Like you'll want to see the original quality for it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the first time I've went to HBO Max in order to try and see the film. Um, so I can get that. It's a smart move to try and bring blockbusters onto it because you're not gonna. You're not going to watch a, a really per definition version of it online. Right, okay, so I thought that um, since this is our first 2021 film that we've all reviewed together, um, I thought we would do a ranking out of 10 and uh, put it up maybe on some sort of virtual leaderboard. Right, off we go then. So, Corey, what would you give um, Zack Snyder's Justice League? So, I gave Joss Whedon's one 1 out of 10. It was If I could have given it lower on IMDb, I would have. Jesus. But uh, this one, I gave 6 out of 10. Cool. Uh, Rob, what about you? Uh, I would probably give it a 6 as well, maybe a 6.5. I enjoy that this is somebody's exact vision for a movie uh, without any compromises he had final say on on everything at at the end of the day so i i appreciate that but yeah there's still some bad storytelling techniques like i i just can't stop thinking about the wall street bull fighting the bear in cyborg's <laughs> little vision and thinking that that's a good um, depiction <laughs> of economic markets around the world or like him having a little bit of money and then raising it <laughs> slightly and having all that cash. It just, some of it is a little bit ridiculous and seems almost like a meme. But other parts, they do feel a little bit more heartfelt and interesting and there's more stakes involved. So yeah, 6.5 out of 10 for me. And the epilogue is utterly pointless. That's good. I haven't reached the epilogue yet. Sivan, <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh- I mean, if I had the option on IMDb to rate it, I 8.5 would have given 8.5, but uh, you could have to round it up, so I gave it a 9 on IMDb. Okay. I mean, like, uh, like if you, like, I mean, like, you guys would have, have, like, a, like, rating scale where you are, like, you wouldn't rate a superhero movie more than 8 or 9, so, because, like, it is a bit like fantastical or something like that. But for me, it's like any movie, it's like all, all the movies are same. So if I really enjoy it and I, it's like, that's how I rate it as well. Uh, I mean, like uh, I was so invested in Man of Steel and I, I not a pe- lot, lot of people like it, but I really enjoy Batman as a Superman as well. Uh, because, uh, and them, especially the Martha thing, because I've been reading comics all my life. <laughs> I mean, it's what is really surprising. I've been reading DC comics all my life, and that that was the first time in the movie when I realized that Superman's and uh, Batman's mother are both named Martha. I mean, I've <laughs> I've read so many times, like, but that was the first time I made the connection. I mean, like, I was like, I'm literally thinking, like, oh my god, all these years of years of reading comics, I never made the connection. I was like, I really got invested in Batman as a Superman as well. Why Batman had I? So my favorite comics are like the new age Batman comics, which Frank Miller did and like all those like Batman Returns and the killing joke and the, all those kind of like dark gritty versions of Batman and everything. And I, I finally got that Batman 
who doesn't give a fuck about anything it just beats up people smashing people and everything so i was i and i i was so satisfied because it was that batman who was back in the justice league and not the shitty batman we got in the original version mm-hmm. i was like as a comic book fan this is like uh, it's like a, you know like a wet dream for us like all the slow mos and like everything so it was the sesame I, seed should uh, be like, too i mean i mean like i had i had issues with the film as well like you know the the uh, wonder woman's background score i mean after two times it it got exactly. really annoying yeah. yes. oof I mean that 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 really got me. <laughs> yeah, so annoying. He decided to just keep putting that in every time she was on screen. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. every so often. It was like every time they cut the Wonder Woman. <laughs> I think they had like program saying like if if you show Gal get up, uh, auto auto play that song. It's just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I was so surprised how much of Cyborg's character we missed in the original film, and I mean, if I, I, I'm still thinking that. who in their right mind saw this film and thought no this film is not good and let's let's just put a movie with some random russian people and flash pushing them apart Look yeah this like, whole weird side plot russian family yeah, no, yeah like put a russian family in middle of everything and like oh my god i'm still i'm still thinking like there is like a studio which thought that movie is better than this one the film feels like an epic I wouldn't say that Zack Snyder is necessarily the best storyteller or ha- makes the best creative choices, but, but he knows how to make something feel like a big event whenever you watch it. So I appreciate it for that. It, it did feel fun watching it at home. Okay, Ross, uh, what's your rating for Justice League? I'll I'll be generous and I'll go for a six point five, um, which I, I'm sort of in the yeah. I guess yeah, I'll go for a six point five. Like for me, again, there are an awful lot of problems, but as like, like there's still some really fun stuff in there, like some fun visual stuff in there that I enjoyed the first time around that they expanded upon. I mean, that whole one of my favorite scenes in the original movie was whenever they did the flashback to like sort of the armies of man and like the gods and stuff like attacking the forces of apocalypse when they arrived. I thought that was really cool. So the fact that they did that and they did it a bit more i thought that was kind of cool and like for me stuff like the inclusion of john jones the martian manhunter um yeah so i give it like a as a fan of it i would give it a 6.5 as a casual viewer as a viewer of cinema in general i'd probably give it like a 4 5 maybe maybe a 5 okay um i think i would my rating would be 5 out of 10 mm-hmm. um yeah i i think i wonder if there's a you know the fact that i've rated this the lowest out of everyone and i'm the only one who hasn't watched the original maybe that's got something to do with it i'm not sure but um you know i think the thing that saves it for me or at least even gets it to 5 is the action i think the action's good you know it is a big spectacle and i think um seeing these different superheroes work together is cool but i think it loses it on some of the plots some of the characters and a lot of the dialogue i find very cheesy um and corny throughout this especially once you get past the intro um and you know there's just some conveniences as well like i wasn't sure why but uh you know what you call it like dark superman showed up um like there was just a few things that just didn't work for me um but um I mean, yeah, the thing that saves it i mean that again again that's all like not to the not to the comics because when superman dies in the comics when he comes back he wax wax the black suit 
I should have had a mullet, though. Like, that's a big part yeah. in the comics. Really that's totally a problem, though, because if you are doing it to a casual viewer, I suppose you said, you know, this was really for the fans, but if it is for a casual viewer, I had no idea why mm -hmm. Superman came back evil. I was like, is this just... And then he got, like, an evil suit out of nowhere as well. I was like, where do you make this? Uh, right, okay, so um, when we put our ratings together, um, that... Um, that makes an average of six and a half out of ten for um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that's the first film on our hypothetical uh, <laughs> score for the year. Um, right, what we I was going to do, or uh, what we're going to do for the second half of this podcast is to just go over kind of the future of the DCU, what you think we're they're doing well, what they should be doing, um, and what they should really, you know, what you want out of the films going ahead in the next four or five years. So I'm just going to go uh, down the current future DCEU uh, film slate that's currently in production or filmed or in development. So without further ado, there is The Suicide Squad that's coming out August of this year, um, and it's already filmed. The trailer came out last week. Uh, then there's The Batman, which is due out uh, March 2022 it's already filmed black adam that's just about to go into pre-production it's due to come out july 2022 then you've got the flash which is in pre-production then you've got sorry aquaban 2 in development uh then you've got shazam 2 which is also in development then you've got wonder woman 3 which is in development then there's the trench which is that spin-off that you were talking about for aquaman which is gonna be like a dark take on some of the lowest parts of the ocean and that's in development and then they've got this untitled superman reboot that was um only announced a few weeks ago so there is so much i i expected when i went on this to see like three films and it was insane how many there was already um that's been greenlit so um what do you think of the uh, current future lineup which ones are you looking forward to um what what do you think guys uh how many of you watched the new wonder woman I did. I did. I mean, do you like it was it was awful, right? Yeah, it was really, terrible. really awful, right? I mean, I, I, I think that Patty Jenkins got too much recognitions with the first one because I, it, she didn't have a writing credit on the first one. It was written by other people and she had a writing credit on this one. I think she she's not a good uh, writer per se. So are you worried then for Wonder Woman 3, Stevan? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. I think they are again doing the same mistake they, do it, they did with Zack Snyder. The first Man of Steel, he didn't write it. It was by uh, Geoff, uh, I mean, who was it? David Goyer. Uh, David Goyer, yeah, it was by David Goyer. Batman is a Superman, he wrote it. There were some issues with it, and Justice League has written it. So, again, I think uh, Warner Bros. is doing some mistakes with Wonder Woman as well. well. Well, Snyder for Justice League, he really just wrote the epilogue where they're just kind of cursing at each other. <laughs> which seems like the most Snyder thing to ever do. <laughs> Batman and Joker just calling each other, I don't know, just slurs for the most part. So, um, I think that's where the writing credit comes from, but most of it was Chris Terrio. And yeah, I'm not that big of a fan of Chris Terrio's stuff, honestly. He, I think he's kind of overrated because he got an Academy Award for Argo. And ever since then, everybody's like, okay, just get Chris Terrio to do it. He's bound to be good. And this is completely feels like it's out of his wheelhouse or uh, at least in terms of genre. So I, I'm not a fan of his writing at all. But like you were saying, 
uh, Wonder Woman 2. For me, I didn't like the film, but I did like there's a charming quality to it because it has so much of um, the kind of Christopher Reeve feel to it that I do enjoy seeing some of that nostalgia qualities to it. But yeah, it's not necessarily well scripted. I mean, like, I was, like, I felt so, like, awful in my teeth. I was, like, biting myself hearing every single dialogue and what happened on the screen and everything. Yeah. It was, like, I've never felt so cringy, like, in my life watching any film. Was mm-hmm. that? I mean, I, it was not, like, it was, like, not bad or something. It was, like, so, like, it, you know, your teeth, like, you have a feeling in your teeth where it's, like, oh, my God, what am I watching? It was, yeah, it was for like sure. That. I mean, they, it's set in the 80s, so they try to capture how an 80s film felt at that time i don't think that really stuck with a lot of people like uh, even a lot of the um logical the the jumps in logic from 1980s films is kind of implemented into the second wonder woman film so i kind of find it charming for that reason but overall yeah there's a lot of plot holes and a lot of other issues so i'm not necessarily interested in the third one i am just interested in the map Reeves one really and just to see how they deal with the new Suicide Squad too. The Batman? Uh, Matt Reeves Batman yeah. Yeah yeah that one. Uh, the rest of the bunch I think that it's going to start to get the same issues that Marvel is probably going to start facing as well is that they're going to, it's going to get really convoluted with the timelines yeah. which is may make it difficult for general audiences to kind of follow what's going on because there's going to be like three flash three different Batman, um, you know, it, it's it's just going to be really confusing, I think. So I think this is the problem where the comic fan me and, like, sort of my want for these films to be successful is, like, sort of promoting. I think you're right, is I think I'm going to love these movies with all of the multiverse stuff, because I guess on DC, on Marvel, you've got the multiverse of madness and all that sort of stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Then in this with Flashpoint, you have the different sections. Um, I'm really personally really, really excited for that. But you're right. I can see how that's going to put off like a lot of different like sort of people who would watch not would necessarily call themselves fans of these movies. Right. Like, but, but then are we starting to get to a point now where these movies are being made more just with fans in mind? And they're sort of saying, well, if you're not on board by now, tough shit or which isn't a great strategy if you want to sell your movie, I suppose. Um, I don't know if that's if that's the way they're going with these. Yeah, I think um, when Mark, you mentioned it as well. Marvel has Kevin Feige, and they've had him from the start, and he has created that kind of structure for this going. And I think you know if, if the DTE had have had that from the start and maybe stuck with it, this could be a whole different kettle of fish. But just looking at them films, and we've got. A different Batman in there, you know, a Superman reboot to come, like after all that, and then you just get another Superman. It's just, you know, rehashing the same thing over and over again. I don't know, maybe in the Flashpoint, they can do the same thing that they're doing with the Spider Man one, where they're going to start introducing uh, all different sort of characters um, from the previous films, but I'm not sure where it's going to go. Yeah, I think there's a problem with, um, you know, as you said there, Corey, I mean, it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> they're uh they're scheduling um they're kind of jumping all over the place which i mean i guess is okay they're clearly not going for uh the kevin feige um way in marvel where it's everything's kind of linked into one another oh mark you're so wrong 
they literally wanted to do kevin feige and marvel they got james gunn to do the suicide squad <laughs> and it just looks like it just so looks like uh, guardians of the galaxy it's like guardians of the galaxy 3 the film yeah. they just replaced groot, groot with a shark yeah it's like yeah i i, I so, find so, so you know i was i don't know about you with this the suicide squad trailer but i was underwhelmed with it i was expecting very big things with this given that you know that they were like very much being like this is the return of James Gunn but he's going to do DC and we're going to get the suicide squad film we we deserve back in 2016 and then i was like oh that's the trailer and to be fair the suicide squad back in 2016 was a good trailer and actually arguably better than this one i thought so i'm a bit worried for that film and i i'm starting to realize now or think now that all these other directors that have come that have helmed really big films in the marvel universe they can't survive outside of the marvel universe they all haven't really managed to capture a really really good success since then and i'm starting to think that kevin feige is more of the secret sauce than i think we originally thought he was i think their format and how they they helm these projects i'm sure there's a whole team around kevin feige but what they're doing clearly is working and i think they're the secret sauce rather than the individual directors because when you i mean you yeah, just sure. reading brought over that was a flop you're bringing over um uh James Gunn we'll see how that turns out um and even the uh, the the Russo brothers you know they've done that cherry film that came out earlier in the year and Ooh, yeah spy, I, I need to see that one but it looked like a mess maybe have to give it a watch so guys what do you think they should be doing then uh, the DCU moving forward what do you want to see more of oh Jeez, maybe see less of because I think this slate is just it's such an oversaturation of all these comic heroes and we see so many multiple iterations of them like we had just had Joaquin Phoenix Joker now we just saw Jared Leto Joker who knows what they're going to do with the Batman series Suicide Squad how does that even relate to the last suicide squad they literally just added the to the name and they it's a sequel like it's not a sequel what is going on it's not a sequel it's a reboot exactly you're pre- proving my point it's so confusing they're reusing half the characters not using half the characters it's somewhere in between so what i'm really so curious it, huh? yeah. we some kind of suicide squad I, that one what I'm really one. curious about is that they decided <laughs> they were like, okay, we're going to recast an awful lot of these actors. And for some reason, they kept Jai Courtney in it. And I don't understand what. Oh my God, he's a really good boomerang. Do you not like him as a boomerang? I think he's the perfect cast for a boomerang. I think he's someone that Hollywood is like. There's Every now and again, you get these actors that Hollywood's just like, no, you're really going to like this guy. And now that I think about it, the <laughs> last one I remember was like Sam Worthington, and he was Australian yeah. as well. So maybe it's part of it. But like, I get, yeah. they always are just like, oh, we're going to make this person. It's like that scene in Mean Girls where it's just like, oh, let's make Jai Courtney a thing. And it's like, Jai Courtney's never going to be a thing. I don't know. I <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. It, to be fair, I suppose he was a pretty good Captain Boomerang, to be fair. But. We'll uh, I think they are going to use the flash film to like reset everything that they have uh, done wrong but I I don't know how good they are going to job is going to be done but uh, out of all that I'm really looking forward to Matt Reeves's Batman the trailer was like epic on an, another level I didn't expect it to be that good and to to be saying that that was just 25% of the film that they shot and they were able to give us that good of a trailer I was like 
it looks so good because it looks disconnected from all the other stuff yeah you know that's what they should be doing in my opinion is kind of make your own isolated excellent solo film and don't worry so much about trying to create it's almost like creating a tv series where you know each episode builds off the last you you shouldn't be focusing on that it's just like a complete um you know, marketing idea to kind of connect everything as well as just a business idea. It doesn't seem uh, in favor of story or anything like that. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Rob, you know, and I think that's kind of, I'm starting to look at this late now and I think that's kind of what they're going for, sort of. Once they get past this Suicide Squad, it's kind of like make your own separate film and then from the looks of things, if it does well, then you get a sequel. If people like it, you know, Aquaman's got a sequel, so's Wonder Woman. Um, and then if it doesn't do well, we'll just, you know, uh, push I it under just, the- I personally would love it if they were able to do Green Lantern and do it right. Because of all the movie, I know we haven't talked about it, but the 2011 Green Lantern movie hurts my soul in such a way. <laughs> because, like, I said, like, Aquaman is my, I, Aquaman is probably my favorite that we've had, like, an, decent sort of adaptation of green lantern for me has always been my favorite superhero or at least one of them especially the john stewart version of him and i just really would love to see that character done well and done justice because um but equally i guess if there's maybe is it still too soon i mean like 2011 seems like a long enough time ago now that you can sort of move on past it and have another crack at that i think or just like, yeah, just have a crack at something that's a bit different as opposed to, let's make Superman again. Like, how many, like, Superman, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just call it The Green Lantern and everybody will accept it for, for exactly. being something Exactly, new. it's completely different. <laughs> completely different. I mean, Idris Elba as Jon Stewart would be really nice, but they already cost, uh, cast him in Suicide Squad. I was, like, really looking yeah. forward as oh, Idris yeah. Elba as Jon Stewart, but they just fucking cast him in uh, Suicide Squad. Right, guys. Um, shall we wrap it up then? Um, thanks for um, coming on, Sivan and Rob, um, to discuss um, kind of the DCU. Hopefully, uh, someone from the the Warner Brothers departments listened to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We all get a lo- I get a lawsuit for mentioning that I torrented it. <laughs> and uh, Mark and Cody, I like uh, listen to your. Uh, I think I've done like four four episodes of your pop podcast and it's really nice and i really la- like your uh, tenant discussion and i would say there was nothing wrong with the film you guys are totally wrong <laughs> <laughs> well maybe i have to have tenant part two review <laughs> i mean like how seen... could you not like that film Jesus, it was so bro, good let's, oh, yeah let's oh, let's that not unpack this that one hurt to watch <laughs> the winds have just yeah we unpacked that right? and that's me done i I uh, don't want to hear of Tenant ever again. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, th- thanks for coming on. And um, hopefully we'll get you on at some other points. Um, and uh, if uh, tune in for the next, um, we've got some really interesting uh, podcasts coming up, don't we, Corey? You um, already have a subscriber on Spotify. Oh, thanks very much, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, tune in uh, to our next podcast and see you soon. Bye. For more on Film Frequency, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Frequency and on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Film Frequency in the search bar. Until next time, have a brilliant week, stay safe and keep watching films.